0: Hallelujah. Let's go to our scripture, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, we'll read from verse 12, 12 to 14, and then continue from chapter 6 verses 1 to 3. Hebrews 5, it says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Chapter 6 verse 1, Therefore Leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works of faith towards God, of doctrine, of baptism, of laying on of hand, of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. Hallelujah. So we've been looking at this portion of scripture. This has been our main target scripture, scripture reference that we've been at it for a couple of months right now. And we've seen, chapter 5, verse 12 starts off saying, For when for the time you ought to be teachers. That means the word time is chronos, that means a set period of time, more like a probationary period, where God says, By this time I expect every single one of you to be a teacher of these foundational doctrines. Here the word, first principles of oracles of God, we saw the meaning is, actually it says, the ABCDs of God's word or the letters of the alphabet of God's word. That means God is expecting every single one of us to be able to be learning and teaching these ABCDs of God's word. And we also saw chapter 6 verse 1, it says the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Its actual meaning is the original teachings of Jesus Christ. Those were the teachings of Jesus when he was on the earth. We see in many places in Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 9 and in many places where it says Jesus went about teaching, preaching and healing. It says he went about teaching in the synagogues, preaching on the uh, gospel of the kingdom and healing all who were sick. The question is what did he teach? You look throughout the gospel, every single one of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you will see him teaching on these things only. So you can say this is the original discipleship program started by Jesus himself. This is what he taught his disciples. This is what he expects every single one of us to learn. That's why it is called the ABCDs of God's word. Because this is what he taught fishermen. This is what he taught tax collectors. So they they did not know anything. So these are the things that he started teaching them and brought them into the kingdom. So this is why this is important. That's why God is expecting everyone to learn this and to be teaching these. In the the original church in Acts 20 uh, verse 20 and 21 we see, they did this in the first church house to house and publicly. They taught these things. House to house and publicly. They literally met every day and they were teaching these things. And it, we know that God is expecting every believer to learn this and to be teaching this. The will of God for every single believer. The written will of God. The written will of God for every single believer. And the and Bible says this is the milk of God. Milk is good. Babies survive on milk for the first six months, only on milk. And they grow strong. And they're able, as they grow, they are able to eat meat. So this is good. This is milk and it makes you grow to a certain extent, so that we qualify to eat meat. What we get on Wednesdays is meat. I mean, that's some heavy meat. So, it's good to have meat and milk and have a balanced diet. And that's why God said every single person to be in, should be involved in teaching these things. So, this is a lifelong process. So, we have decided, me and my wife, that till Jesus comes, Till our last breath on the earth, we will be continuously involved in learning and teaching these foundational doctrines. Because it is the written will of God. It is written. We can say it is written. And there are seven foundational doctrines, that is repentance from dead works, faith towards God, doctrines, baptism, um, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. We saw that these seven foundational doctrines represent the life cycle of a believer. Starting from the first step of a sinner is repentance, then faith, he gets gets the faith of God and then he's baptized, all three baptisms, we're going to look at baptisms today. And then as he grows, hands are laid on him, given positions of authority, then finally one day we have to leave our bodies and there's resurrection and the last thing, judgment. So this is the life cycle of a believer. God expects every believer to know the beginning from the end. We, say, we, say, we talk about God. A God is a God who knows the beginning from the end. So He expects His children to know the beginning from the end. And we understood that as we understand these things, as we know this life cycle, we know what our next stage is. We are prepared for it. We are prepared. Every single believer will be growing. Is supposed to be growing. We go from glory to glory. Faith to faith, glory to glory. From one level to the next level. We keep growing. And as you grow, God expects every believer to be a leader. Like I said, when God looks at you, He does not look at you and your past. He, he looks at you, He sees the thousands of people whom you are going to affect. So every believer... See, we have billions of people, 7 billion people on the earth. So... A few of us, as we grow, we will definitely have, we be influencing people. Our lives are supposed to touch people. So, we will all be growing. So, it is a life cycle. So, by knowing these things, you are being prepared for the next stage of your life. That's what this is. This is important. So, we've, we've looked at repentance from dead works and we were on faith. So uh, I feel released by God to, to go to the next one, which is baptism. Today we are going to look at baptism. All right? If you look at it, all right, in, in the translations in King James and many of the literal translations, you will, it, you will see it written as of the doctrine of baptism. In fact, it's not doctrine of baptisms. The original translation, it says baptisms and then doctrine. They are two separate things. When the King James translators, when they looked at it, they couldn't figure it out because they did not have an understanding of this. So they joined the two and wrote as doctrine of baptisms. But actually it is, doc- it is baptisms and then doctrines. So if you look at it, you will see it is plural. Baptisms. Baptisms. It's not just baptism, it's baptisms. It's plural. So to understand this, you need to look at the original word of baptism the greek word is baptismos and it was not a very common word used in a christian uh, vernacular or among the christians they did not use this word much it was it was uh, an industry term the word baptism was used or baptismos was used in dyeing clothes you know a cloth you take it you dye the cloth and Uh, For example, you take a white shirt, you dip it in the color, you take it out, it is dyed, it is changed. Now, what you need to understand is, initially, you take a white shirt. What is the identity of that shirt? White. It's called a white shirt. Now, you dip it in the color, submerge it, and then when you take it out, it is no more called a white shirt. The old identity is gone. The identity of that shirt is changed. You don't call it, get me my uh, white shirt which has become blue. You don't say that. You say, my blue shirt. If it is blue color, the shirt is now blue shirt. It is no more a white shirt. Old thing is gone. Now it has got a new identity. It's a new identity. So, That's where the word baptismos comes. In Greek, they used it in the process of dyeing clothes. Alright? And why is this important? Because there is something that we need to understand from it. See, there are three stages in baptism. Three stages. First is immersion. You take a cloth, you just immerse it. I mean, it's not fully gone, just dipped in water. Then you submerge. It goes all the way down submerged in the water and then emergence when it comes out, coming out. So, dipping, immersion, submergence and then emergence. So, these are the three stages in baptism. Why is it important? You'll understand. You'll understand. Because, if you have an understanding of this, you will truly understand what baptism means. You will truly understand what baptism means. Number one, Baptism, the primary thing is a change of identity A change of identity Like I talked about the white shirt It was white before you, After baptism, it is no more called a white shirt The complete identity of that shirt is changed The complete identity of the shirt is changed You need to understand Are you seeing the picture? Change in identity. Alright, now let's look at it. There are three types of baptisms. You see in the Bible for a believer. Three types of baptisms for a believer. First one is baptism into the body of Christ. Baptism into the body of Christ done by the Holy Spirit. Second one, water baptism done by any believer or rather let me put it more straight, any disciple. Second one, water baptism or it is also called baptism unto repentance done by any disciple of Jesus Christ. Third, baptism in the Holy Spirit. So three types of baptism for the new creation, for a believer. Number one. Baptism into the body of Christ, done by the Holy Spirit. Second one, water baptism, done by any disciples. Third, baptism in the Holy Spirit, done by Jesus. Three different baptisms for a believer. Alright, let's look at the first one. It's called baptism into the body of Christ baptism into the body of Christ it's also called baptism in Christ done by the holy spirit go with me to 1st corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 1st corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 It says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, have all been made to drink into one Spirit. I want you to see that. It says, By one Spirit we are all. See, he's talking to believers, he's talking to the Corinthian church. So he's saying, By one Spirit. We are all, that means all believers, are baptized into one body. Alright? So, let's look at some more scriptures. We'll look at some scriptures and then we'll explain. Alright? Romans chapter 6, verse 3. We'll read verse 3 and 4. Romans chapter 6 verse 3 and 4 Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in the newness of life. If you have an actual Bible, you can underline Baptized into Jesus Christ and also underline this Baptism into death That's a separate thing which I'll explain in a while The main thing is Baptized into Jesus Christ Colossians chapter 2 verse 12 Colossians chapter 2 verse 12 Colossians chapter 2 verse 12. It says buried with him in baptism wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. Now Galatians, underline, you you can underline that buried with him in baptism. The next one, Galatians chapter 3 verse 27. I'm just putting out some scriptures there so we will see it with our eyes what we're talking about. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. You can underline baptized into Christ. So what are we talking about? Baptism into the body of Christ or baptism in Christ. Baptism in Christ. The first baptism of a believer. So what does this mean? To understand this, let's look at Luke chapter 12, verse 50. Luke chapter 12, verse 50. Man, mosquitoes. Luke chapter 12, verse 50. Jesus is speaking here. He said, but I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straitened till it be accomplished? He says, I have a baptism to be baptized with. Jesus is saying, so what baptism is that? He's saying, I have a baptism to be baptized with. It's not water baptism, because water baptism was over earlier. It's not baptism in the spirit, because right after water baptism... The Spirit came upon him. So, what baptism is this? What baptism is this? Saying, I have a baptism to be baptized with. He's talking about something that's going to happen. He's talking about something that is yet to happen. He's talking to his disciples. See, by this time, water baptism is over. The Spirit came upon him. He has his disciples. Now he is talking to his disciples. He said, there is another baptism that I have to be baptized with. Remember I told you, the word baptism is used in dyeing clothes. Cloth, white shirt, when you dip it in the color, you take it out, what happens? The clothes identity is changed. The shirt's identity is changed. It is no more the old shirt. The name, the identity is changed. You need to approach the word baptism with this idea, with this understanding. Anytime you hear the word baptism, you need to understand, you need to have a clear picture in the mind. Identity change, Completely. Completely. So now Jesus is saying here, I have a baptism to be baptized with. That means he is talking about something in the future that is going to happen where his identity is going to be changed. Now, what is that? Now, first question, where did Jesus come from? Came from God. Was he righteous? Yes, he is. Now, what is happening to him? What is he talking about? Romans chapter 6, verse 4, we read it earlier. Romans 6, verse 4, it says, Therefore we were buried with him by baptism into death. Do you see that? Baptism into death. Now, what is that? That baptism into death is what Jesus is talking about. This is primarily only for Jesus. He did not say this is for everybody. This is something for Jesus. But he did it for us. He did it for us. Are you getting this? I am going very slowly now. should understand, baptism, anytime you hear the word, there is a change in identity. Alright? Now what happened to Jesus? 2 Corinthians 5.21 2 Corinthians 5.21 It's a very famous scripture. For he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. It's Who is this talking about? Jesus. It says, He made him to be sin. Jesus came from God. Did he commit any sin of his own? No. Who was he? Son of God. Was he righteous? He was the righteousness of God. He was the word that became flesh. He is the word that became flesh. Hebrews 1 says, He upholds everything by the word of his righteousness. That means everything that you see around us is upheld by the word of God. The word of his power upholds everything by the word of his power. That means one lie from God, everything that we see around us will cease to exist. Can God lie? No. Bible says, let let God be true and let every man be a liar. God cannot lie. God cannot lie. His word is the truth. That means his word is right. Jesus is the word that became flesh. He is the righteousness of God. Yes or no? And now what happened to Jesus? He was immersed and submerged in our sin. He did not commit any sin of his own. What happened to him? He became sin. His identity now changed. He was immersed into our sin. And He Himself became everything that sin represents, that sin is. Bible says He became sin. Anything and everything that sin is, Jesus became that on the cross. He became our sin. Now His identity changed. And Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. When Jesus became sin, he became eligible for death. What death? Death, eternal death. Complete separation from God going into hell. He did not commit any sin of his own. Whose sin? Our sin. Everything that sin represents, he became that. His identity changed. That's the baptism that Jesus is talking about. He said, I have a baptism to be baptized with. He's talking about change in his identity. He was immersed into our sin and he became sin itself. From the righteousness of God, he became sin. And when he became sin, the wages of sin is death. Who was supposed to get death? We. Now what happened to him? He died. He went to hell for us. So that is the baptism that Jesus is talking about. He took our death. He was baptized into death. He was life itself. He came from God. What happened? He was life life itself. There is no death in Him. That's why uh, chapter 1 verse 4 says, In Him was life and the life was the light of men. There was no death in Him. In Him was life. Now what happened? He was immersed into death. He became sin. So Jesus became our sin. So today what what happened to us? We were sinners. We were sinners. Now what happened to us now? Because he became sin, today we became the righteousness of God. Are you saying that? He paid the price. So the moment... You call upon the name of Jesus. You who were sinner before, now you are baptized into what Jesus did. Are you seeing that? You are immersed into what Jesus did, now your identity changed. You become the righteousness of God. Let's look at another scripture here. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 13. We read it. I'll read it again. First Corinthians chapter 12. 13 says. Now look at that. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, and have all been made to drink into one. One spirit. You see that? By one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Into one body. Where are you baptized into? One body. What body is that? The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Every single one of us, the moment we called upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit took us, immersed us into that body. Now our identity changed. We are now the body of Christ. We were a sinner before. Now we are immersed into that body. Is Christ righteous? Is Jesus righteous? He is righteous. So when you are in him, are you righteous? You are righteous. Our identity changed from sinner to righteousness. We are immersed into him. When God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees Christ. He sees Jesus. Because now we are in him. Are you seeing that? It's Now, Galatians 2.20. It is because of this, Paul is able to say this particular scripture. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me says, I have been crucified with Christ. So when God looks at us, He sees what happened to Christ. The old person that we were, were crucified with Christ. When Jesus was crucified, we were crucified. When He died, we died. Because He did not die for His own sin. We were represented there, isn't it? We were there. He took our sin. Imagine... Even before we were born, 2000 years earlier, He died for our sins. Even before we were born. 2000 years ago, when God looked at Jesus on the cross, He saw us. Every single one of us. He saw me. Every single one of us. When Jesus died, again, God saw us there. God saw us there. And when he resurrected, he saw us there. Are you seeing this? That's why it says, for as many of you, Galatians 3.27 says, as many of you are baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Everything Jesus did, he did as our representative. He did as our substitute. He did it for us so whatever happened to him we were there when he was on the cross our old man was there when he died our old man was there when he went to hell our old man was there when he rose again our new man is there today he's on the right hand side of father where is he? 1 verse 19 says god raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality power might and dominion He's seated there. On the right hand side of God the Father. Where are we? Ephesians 2.6 it says, And He has raised us up together with Him. Made us sit together with Him in the, in the heavenly places. So when He raised up, we were there. When He was sitting down, we were there. Are you seeing that? So everything He did, it was for us. He represented us. His death, Burial, resurrection, ascension In his death and burial Our old man was there In his uh, resurrection and ascension And sitting down on the right hand side of God Our new man is there So are you seeing that? So today we are in Christ In Christ The moment you call upon the name of Jesus The Holy Spirit took you You are a brand new creation Put you in that body now your identity has changed. You are not the old man anymore. You are a, you're, you're, you're a new creation. You are a new creation. Now when God looks at you, body of Christ, righteousness. Earlier it was sinner. Jesus spoke to the Pharisees. He said you are of your father, the devil. Now father changed. Earlier our father was the devil. Because we were born from Adam with the sin nature. Our father was a devil. Now, God is our father. The father of mercies. The God of all comfort. The father from whom all fatherhood derives its name. That's why in Ephesians chapter 3, we bow our knees to the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and on earth. We are the family on earth right now. Now, God is our father. Our identity changed. Are you seeing the picture? So that's what baptism in the spirit is. So today, each one of us, we are all part of a body called the body of Christ. We cannot be separate from each other. We cannot be. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new new creature. See, there's a, one thing you need to understand. It says, let's, let's read that. I, I want you to focus on that. We'll read verse 18 also. Second Corinthians, sorry. Let me open it in my Bible here. 5, yeah. Let me get it in a better translation. Yep. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Now, it is describing the new creation. All things passed away. All things have become new. Now, look at that. Now, all things are of God. Now, all things are of God. Now, all things about the new creation is of God. Now, which part of you got born again? Spirit, soul or body? Spirit. The spirit part of you was dead before. Man is a three part being. Spirit, soul and body. Spirit part of every unbeliever, which the part of you that is exactly like God, was dead. Now when you become born again, that spirit part is alive. That's the real you. Now that spirit part of you, all things are of God. See, your body is the same. That is not of God. That body came off the earth. Your soul, your mind is still the same old person. But the spirit part of you which is born again, all things are of God. That means wall to wall you represent God. Everything, everything about your brand new born again spirit is like God. Is like God. It's like Jesus. If it's like God, are you righteous? Yes, you're righteous. Are you holy? Your spirit is holy. Everything about your born again spirit is like God. 100%. Completely like God. It says, now all things are of God. It says, you're a new creation. One translation says, you're a brand new species of being that never existed before. Yes, you are. We cannot compare ourselves with an unsaved person. We cannot compare ourselves with an unsaved person because now we are two totally different species. Completely different. How? For them their spirit is dead, our spirit is alive. Our spirit is now connected to God. They. Everything about them is controlled by their soul, their mind, and their body. For us, we have our brand new spirit, which is like God. All things about our spirit is like God. And we also have the Holy Spirit living inside us. So we are different. We are different. Our spirit man is seated on the right hand side of God the Father. Their spirit is dead. So these two are completely different: the old man and the new man. Completely, completely different. Nothing about the two people are the same. Nothing. Their spirit is dead, your spirit is alive. Complete DNA is changed. Jesus, Bible says in 1 John, uh, sorry, John chapter 1 verse 14, he says, And the word became flesh. He was the word of God that became flesh. 1 Peter one twenty three says we are born again of the same word. Now we are exactly like him. Jesus was the w- born of the word. We are born again of the word. So our identity is changed. Our identity is different. Go to Galatians six fifteen. Galatians chapter six verse fifteen. It says for in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. That means, in Christ Jesus, circumcision and uncircumcision is something that is external to the body. That doesn't matter. Says In Christ, your external things doesn't matter. But what is important? The new creature. Which part of you is the new creature? Your spirit. Your spirit. That's a new creature. So in Christ, what matters is your spirit. That's a new person. That is the part of you that is exactly like God. That is what matters. Let's look look at some more scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, Now... You are the body of Christ And members in particular It says now That means right now Now As a born again person As a new creation You are the body of Christ That's our identity now That's our identity And it says <clears throat> Members in particular we, can be part of, we are part of the same body But different members Romans chapter 12 verse 5 Romans 12.5 says, So we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. Every one member one of another. See, a body has many parts. Sometimes, we give more importance to the external. But mostly, the parts that you don't see are more important than the ones you see. Your kidneys and your lungs, your heart, you can't see it on the outside. If you see it on the outside, something is terribly wrong. But they are more important than your skin tone, than your nails. They are more important. Your nail cuts or chips off, you can still live. But your heart stops functioning, you will not survive. See, in the body of Christ, we are all different members. Each one of us have different roles. So just because something is on the outside, doesn't mean something is seen by everybody else, doesn't mean only that part is important. Most of the time, the parts that are not seen, are more important than the parts that are seen and every, or, every organ, every part has a specific role. The hand cannot say, oh because I am not the eye. Everybody appreciates the eyes, oh your eyes are beautiful, oh you look. your eyes look nice. You can't, you can't say, I will not function, because I am not the eye, I will not function. The ears cannot say, oh I am placed on the side, I want to come in front, no. Every organ has a specific place, has a specific function, has a specific role to play that supports the whole body. Every single member. And we all need each other. Why? Because even if you lose a nail, the head knows. The head knows. The head feels it. You bang your toe, the head will feel it. If your if you if if any of you have ever had kidney stone or oh, your whole body will feel it you will know when your kidney when, when you have a stone when the pain comes you will really know so every single member is important let's look at one more scripture colossians 1 verse 18 it says and he is the head of the body the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. We'll read Ephesians five, verse twenty-three. Ephesians five, twenty-three, for for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Verse 30 says, and we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. Look at that. Christ is the head of the body, we are the body. We are the church. We are all part of the body. Anything that happens to any member of the body, the head feels. The head feels. So every single one of us is important. We cannot neglect one person. We cannot say, ah, oh, he, he, he doesn't look good, so he's not important. No. He's not educated, he's not important. No. We all need each other. Like I tell the Domata students, see, if your butt itches, you can't simply just go scrape your butt on a wall. No. You will not get the full satisfaction. The hand has to go there and do something there. Only then the head will feel satisfied. Yes or no? The hand has to go there. The hand cannot say, No, it's a butt, I cannot go there. No. Only when the hand goes there, the head will feel complete satisfaction. We all need each other. Sometimes when your back itches, you can try, if your hand doesn't reach there, you, you will not feel satisfied. Till you touch that exact particular spot and then, Ah, it feels good. Yes. See, every organ needs each other. We all need each other. That's why we are part of the same body. Christ is the head. Whatever happens to any members of the body, the head feels it. So we all need each other. Now, because our identification today is in Christ. In Christ. The moment you call on the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit took us, immersed us into the body of Christ, and now our identity is the body of Christ. We are the church. We are the church. Jesus paid for all of us. The whole world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So it's for everybody. He paid the price. He became, he became sin for everybody. Every single person on earth, dead or alive, their sins were represented in Jesus. They were represented there. So today the only reason anybody can go to hell is not for the sins they committed because sin is already dealt with. It is for not accepting Jesus. You can be the worst criminal but you will not go to hell for committing the sin. Why? Because the payment for that sin is already paid. Why will you go to hell? For not accepting the payment. In your name There is a receipt already made Paid in full There is a, In heaven You see The receipt book is paid Your name is there Payment paid Paid in full In advance But till you accept that receipt it's Useless for you You need to accept it You need to say Yes I receive it It is paid That's why it's called Receipt You receive it Received Payment transaction receipt you received it are you saying this so fully done you say no i received i call on jesus it is done when you do the moment you do that the holy spirit will take you you're in christ now your identity changed that's why we call it baptism because from the old person to the new person the old one was a sinner today you are a new creation Today, when God looks at you, you are the body of Christ. He sees Christ in you. Do you understand this? So this is baptism into the body of Christ. Very simple. Very simple. The first baptism of a believer. The moment you call on Jesus, you're baptized into the body of Christ. By the Holy Spirit. That's baptism into the body of Christ. And our time is almost up. (laughs) Hallelujah. But I believe you understood this. Alright. The next one is water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we'll see how much we can cover next week. But this is very important. Remember there are three baptisms for a believer. It's not just single baptism. The first one is baptism into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit. That's the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior you are immersed into the body. Now your identity changed. The second is water baptism that we'll look at. Next. We'll bring many traditions and lies that are associated with water baptism. We'll destroy some theologies and wrong teachings and stuff like that. And then the third one is baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we'll cover that in detail. And uh, But did you understand this today? Yes. This is important. It is Part of the ABCDs of the word of God. Every believer need to understand this. That today, you are part of the body of Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. Alright, let's pray. Father, we praise you, we worship you. We thank you for your word. We receive your word with meekness. We understand our identity today. We understand that the moment we call on that name, the name above every other name, the name of Jesus... We surrendered to that name. The Holy Spirit took us and immersed us into the body of Christ. Today we are the body of Christ and members in particular. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus, you are the head. You are our head. Thank you so much that everything about us is important to you. Our background doesn't matter, our education doesn't matter, our our color, our, our height, it doesn't matter to you. We are important to you. Anything and everything about us is important to you. We thank you so much Lord. We thank you that not a single person will go from here without understanding this. Thank you that this understanding is ingrained in them. They have understood who they are. They are a new creation. We are a new creation. We are a brand new species of being that never existed before. We cannot be compared to the old man. The old man is dead. All things are passed away. We have put on Christ. Thank you that in Christ nothing else matters except the new creation. Thank you so much, Father. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hallelujah.